Good afternoon. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, everybody. It's Monday. Oh, is it Monday? Monday after an extended vacation. Hmm. Speaking of extended vacations, Sean O'Neill's back in the house. Sean, executive producer of the show, just took a two-week trip. Does that mean I have to wear a tie? Now you got to wear a tie again. Two weeks. Two weeks. You were gone. 17 days, actually. Felt more like 30. For who? (laughs) James. James, every day James would say, I miss Sean. Where's Sean? I'm sorry. So we're today on the show. We're talking about a subject that, to me, it 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 was it was created in the thought of you being in a motorhome <laughs> with your family. Yes, which I was for 17 days. Well, ish. I wasn't in the motorhome all those days, but a well, lot you'd of them. Stop. Yeah, you didn't yeah. just circle the U.S. Well, no. Well, we stopped. We stayed. At, you know, we stayed with in, my in laws. And okay, okay. So. so there you have it. So. um Seventeen I, days. I like my in-laws. By yeah, the they're way, wonderful so. people. Yeah. I'm sure you would. I mean, your wife's incredible, yes. and she wouldn't have bad parents. No, right? I mean, your kids have horrible parents. Yes, but your wife would never have a bad parent. No, but okay. Did you have any difficult conversations? Did any any subject come up? I no. think the most difficult conversation. My for some reason, and and I noticed this about my wife as we were because she drove home with us, but she flew out. Well, so, smart. Yeah, she's a smart girl. Uh, but I noticed as she was sitting in the passenger seat of the RV, because she won't drive the RV. Well, yeah. It's it's my parents' RV, which we borrowed. Well, plus you wear your hat backwards and <laughs> you seem so I know. I put, I put the, the, you know, the, yeah. I jump the front of the RV. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you turn up that loud music. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You psych her out. Mm-hmm. No, but she won't drive it, So, but she, she she'll play Navigator, no problem. Sure. But I, I, Does she, she like she navigate? spent the whole time on her cell phone. Really? Yeah. Who was she texting? I, I don't know if she was texting or Facebooking or. So you didn't really talk at, at all. No, because I was thinking this would give you well, a lot was, of opportunity. It was more like okay, talk. okay, we got a, we got a, we got a, uh, a gas station coming up in about three hundred miles. Can you make it that far? Can everybody make it three hundred miles? No, no, the gas tank. We oh. we have we had we had. Well, I always have to yell back. We were in an Is RV. Everyone good for another hour. We were, we were in an RV, so yeah. we didn't have to worry. Yeah. I know, but you don't you don't want to use it while you're going, do you? Yeah, you do. Are you kidding me? That saves so much time. See, but if I had, if I knew my kids were in the bathroom and I was driving the RV, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd be swerving all over the place. If I, honestly, that would be the funnest game in the world. Could, can dad get the child out of the toilet without a scene? Oh, that would be great fun. Just bouncing them back exactly. and forth. Exactly. And do you don't that? have, and you don't, and it doesn't take much either. I bet it. <laughs> I would be arrested. But boy, we'd be laughing the whole time. No, yep. no one in my family would dare go. They'd all sit there and like, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh, come on. What, 300 miles? I'm good. I can hold yeah. it. I can totally hold it. So, well, that's sad because I thought you would have all of this great bonding time. I thought one by one you'd bring the kids up to talk to you, turn on oh, the music had... in the back, and you just could have a little one-on-one with each child. No, no. Didn't really happen. Was it like uh, was it like that motorhome show RV with uh, Robin RV? Williams? Yeah, was it like that? No, thank goodness. Did you end up like having to <laughs> did the sewage go bad? And... No, I, I had to dump a couple times, but no. Yeah, you, you, I know how to do it. It's the not home. that difficult, yeah. really. 
just to clarify. Yes. It was the motorhome. <laughs> but you, did you? I'm sorry, but that's what it's called. But you're good at that. You're you know how to I, do all that. Yes, I know how to do all that. Do you have that. gloves? Yes. Because that just sounds gross. Yes, there are latex gloves in the RV. I would, um, you, that's sad because I was for, I was sure you were going to come back with a bunch of stories about difficult conversations that you had to have. No, we, well, I don't have to, my wife and I don't have a lot of difficult conversations. Well, that's not what she says when she calls in. I'm sorry. The entire trip, your 17 days, all I got was text after text after text after text. Oh, that's text who was on the phone. Of her just <laughs> I see, that's asking who me she questions. was on the phone with. Like, what about this? What am I supposed to say here? Mm-hmm. Sheesh. You went to Chicago? Went to Chicago. Went to a Wrigley Field. Cubs game. Yep. Saw the Cubs beat the Reds. Sheesh. You're living life. Went and saw a blue man group. Uh, a lot of gas? A lot Did of you fun. buy a lot of gas? Oh, yes. Sounds like a very yes. inexpensive trip. Mm, well, I, I you know, compare it to uh, hotel rooms along the way or gas along the way. Yeah, I'd rather have a hotel room <laughs> than the gas. Well, we had a queen-size bed in the back of the RV, so That's I'm not true. too worried. And you, I mean, it sounds fun. The family together. Can yes. You, can you cook while you're driving? Not you. No. Can somebody? You can. And that would be you, fun, too. You can turn on the generator to get electricity and use the microwave. Really? Popcorn? Mm-hmm. Did you watch movies? Uh, you can, but we didn't, no. Well, my daughters had iPads. They did some so stuff no, on. pretty much no one talked on your trip. <laughs> yeah, pretty okay. much. I well, was sitting there, you know, listening to music. Sounds like a great family trip. <laughs> a lot of bonding. It happening. was, actually. Any fights? <laughs> Heck yeah. Let's get into one fight. I mean, oh, well, no. We just no, drove well, to Park City from like, my house. We had 12 fights. You know, you're dri- driving in the front of the car. I'm sure you've experienced this, yeah. and all you hear is, you know, yeah. stop touching me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Even in the vast expanse of oh, an this, RV. A huge RV. Yes. They still they on top still, of each other. Yes. For some reason, they can't get away from each other. Did you ever just doze off once? Just no. once? Just while you're driving? <laughs> no. Just till you hit that side? Oh, I hit that a lot. Yeah. I think it'd be hard. But that's because of construction and all. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me started there. Name your, name your favorite state that you pass through. You got to choose a state. Hmm. Favorite state. We're going to do a little shout out to the favorite state. I would have to say Ohio. I love Ohio. Yeah. Ohio was, Good it was call. nice looking. It's a great, it was it, green unless and there's hilly. Like a tornado. Yeah. Ohio rocks. Right. Speaking of which, during my trip. Speaking I, of green and hilly. Yeah, green, hilly tornadoes. <laughs> actually, when I was driving through, um, I, be, I actually believe it was Ohio, we we almost drove through, through, a, through tornado. a tornado. I yeah. have, the only time I've ever been near a tornado, I was stuck on the road in Ohio. There it you go. It was crazy. Listening to this tornado coming, but I didn't know where I was exactly. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Right. Well, you didn't get into a tornado? No, not at all. You look great. Thanks. You look taller. Because I'm standing up, I'm not in the chair. Okay. Hey, um, I don't know if you heard what happened when you were gone. Uh, I think I might have. James and Maddie are having a showmance. Oh, wow. Showmance. That's what we're calling it. I see. I like that. It's a showmance. It's a showmance. Is that what the kids call it nowadays? Yeah. But they're just... they're just. It's they're, not a bromance. No, it's not a bro because there's just there's a girl It's, it's a girl a and a guy. guy. It's a showmance. Uh-huh. But they're, she's always like putting her head on his shoulder. Put your head on my shoulder. Oh, Sean, would you just so like serenade me every like night? <laughs> it was just like that. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to? Do you guys have a difficult conversation that you want to bring out? Because that's today's oh. topic. Which one? Which one? Today, James was being super needy. And oh, I just yes. Was busy. And I was like, I can't be here for you right now, James. And he's like, I just need you to want me. Sounds like a bad movie. Line. Well, then she came and and uh, pushed me. 
Yeah, I saw that. I yeah. did. I see. I witnessed that did actually. So that? I can. I can. I can be a witness in the courtroom. But James was. He was when James files it was suit. Difficult. Did you remember when Maddie broke down crying and her mascara was running all over? <laughs> And she was like, just yep. fluids flowing yep. from her face. And then she's like, yeah. but James, you complete me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, that Hello. Was the things that, I don't think that was the thing that happened. Oh. I thought okay. that was it. That seems it must have been your other girlfriend, James. <laughs> you have a girlfriend named James? Wow. <laughs> Awkward. Hey, there's another little update yes. we've got to get to. Mr. Um, Aaron. Aaron's back. Yo, yo. Yo, Aaron. Mary. Can I get some music or something? Please? You're married. <laughs> Is that okay? How come everybody's making up their own music? It's the beatbox. <laughs> James, that is your job, dude. <laughs> if you're not doing your job, they're going to make up their own music. Mm -hmm. Please uh, don't let them do that. I'm going to get on that because yeah. I don't want to hear that. Well, again. I understand. It's because Maddie's standing by you. Yeah, yes. Kind of distracting. She's fluttering her eyelashes. Is that what you call? He can feel the wind. Is that what that was? So, um, Aaron. Fill hey. us in. Aaron's back. Married. Went to Disneyland. On the fourth, even happiest that was place crazy. on earth. Wow! Yeah. You was went to it? Disneyland on the fourth of July. Of July oh. sounds like a sweat fest. Big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Disneyland was really crowded, but California Adventure was yeah. actually pretty open. Was it open? Or not. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. Married? Have you had any difficult conversations? Everything's just perfect, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many days have you been married? Let's see. A week, even. It's yeah. It's been like. It's like 10 days. Yeah, 10 days. There you go. Let's be honest. There was probably a difficult conversation no, there about has been. which fast pass to yeah. get. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I'm going to Indiana Jones. No. No. I want to go on the I want to go on the boat ride. <laughs> Today, Let's go on the safari ride. Because you you again, Aaron, you had a chance to have the man, the guru, John Gottman. That's true. Yeah. He, he basically launched your marriage. Uh-huh. And today we're doing a topic on difficult conversations. Mm. I won't have to bring you in unless you have a specific question. But, I have to think one up now. Well, you think one yeah, up. Yeah, I but will. We'll bring you in because, okay. you know, well, I'm proud of you. I'm sorry Thank I couldn't you. make it down there. James did text okay. me. He said if you happen to be in the greater Washington County, Hurricane, Utah area, they call it Hurricane, Mm -hmm. um, hey, that's good. Then drop on by. I, I was, I think, I was about six hours away from there. Right close. You, yeah, you were. You were, you were pretty close. close. Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate the the notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, just sorry, Aaron had, didn't have. Aaron didn't had, do that. You had an invitation. I had an invitation. It's okay. still in my car, by the way. <laughs> oh, oh, good. I'm glad. I, I have that to remember to take it to my wife. You <laughs> put some French fries yeah. on it. Well, he doesn't want to yeah. take it in the house because he think he doesn't want his wife to think that you know that. We the missed beautiful it. girl well, in the picture is... Well, she'll know. be mad that we missed it. Mm. Oh, I see. Because we don't miss stuff like that at my house. July 12th, mm. open house. What? 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 Say what? Not hey, saying um, where. It's national radio, but it's in Jamaica. But is everybody invited? <laughs> so, Matt, if you're in the area of Jamaica, stop by. I might be in the area of Jamaica in about a year. <laughs> All right. Hey, because Jamaican me crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite pay pickup line of all time. Wow. Ooh. Somebody's fingers are a little <laughs> thick today. We don't have a rim shot up there? I think that was Maddie no. reaching for James's wallet. Yep, that was it. Hey, um, here's what we're going to do. We, uh, Maddie, do you have something you look like you're, oh, you just wanted to talk to him, to James? Well, no, I was just going to say that, don't worry, later I'll tell you all where Mike is and what he's doing. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, Mike's gone. We oh, already what? Know. Oh. Mike. No, but I have updates on like where he is. Like where in the world is Mike? Yeah, where in the world is Mike? It's coming. Okay, cool. Be excited. When is that going to be here? You can tweet us your guesses of what country Mike's in right now, what okay. he's doing right now. I bet you he's stuck at the border. <laughs> yep. With visa problems? <laughs> With visa problems. 
That's what I bet's going on. So it's like a, it's his like v- the terminal. His visa doesn't work, so yeah. he can't pay off the. It's like, uh, is this the visa I needed? No, that's <laughs> no. not the visa. You no, needed. that's not the visa you needed. It's a whole different kind of. Then visa. he tries no, like waving his six, hand. The sixteen numbers yeah. on that visa don't work. <laughs> then he tried that really weird thing where he waves his hand in front of your face. This is not the visa you're looking you. for. <laughs> this is the visa you're looking for. Um, Mike Pond's out and about. Uh, we're gonna do this, and I'm we're gonna have yeah. Rob hang on because okay. I want. We're gonna come back and introduce. Susan Krauss Whitborn. Uh, but because today we're talking about difficult conversations. And seriously, today, in fact, today, two of my four clients I saw today, yeah. major communication difficulty. Major. And um, so we're trying to get them to talk. But Rob's going to introduce a, a situation where he was placed in a really weird predicament that he had to then, he had to go have a difficult conversation mm-hmm. with somebody he loved very much. And so we're going to let him tell the story. Then we're going to let Su- – so that way Susan can listen to the story and can okay. play off the story. Um, but, folks, we're back. Holiday is over for a while anyway. And then I'm going to take You're a big, long road You're gone next week. Trip. Am I? I am. I'm going to Napa Valley. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be so fun. I can hardly wait. Um, anyway, we're talking difficult conversations. The crew's back minus Michael Pond. Where in the world is Michael Pond? If you have any ideas on that, uh, tweet us at BYU Radio or give us a call, one chat byu um, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. Dr. Susan Krauss Whitborn talking about difficult conversations when we return. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, excellent topic today, difficult conversations. Think about this. Do you have a situation in your family, in your marriage, uh, you know, even at work? Just, you know, someone you love, someone you care about. But every time we have to talk about that really difficult topic, times get tough. One of you maybe starts fighting or flighting. You start running. We can't talk about it. You're afraid. You start breaking out in sweat and hives. And, you know, it's like James on a date. Difficult yep. conversations, James. No, this, I can attest to that. I went on a date on Saturday, and that's exactly how it was. Is that why Maddie's so upset? Yeah, probably. Probably shouldn't have said, dang it. Oh, she's ticked. She gave me the stink eye. Um, here's the deal. We brought in the pro then. Who better to help us with this than a PhD? Dr. Susan Krauss Whitborn is joining us, and she is a professor of psychology at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. She's the author of over 160 refereed articles and book chapters, uh, as well as 16 books, and uh, her latest, most popular work uh, recently is The Search for Fulfillment, which was published in 2010. She's a, a blogger and writes for Huffington Post, uh, uh, Post's Post 50 blog, as well as a frequent commentator on Dateline NBC, CNN, Olbermann Report, The New York Times, Money Magazine, to USA Today. She's doing it all. We found an article that she actually wrote for Psychology Today, which is how we got her to come talk about communication with us. Five tips for tough conversations with your partner. Again, Dr. Uh, Susan Krauss Whitborn, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. What a very kind introduction. You bet. I appreciate it. So good to have you here. And before we get started, I wanted you, uh, Susan, to hear one of our one of our team members here. Uh, his name's uh, Rob Sanders. We call him Colonel Rob. Um, he's actually my old uh, executive producer until we moved him on. But he had a scenario that, to me, kind of fit, fits this difficult conversation mode. I want you to just hear his story and then 
then we can kind of start talking about what makes this so hard and, and how we kind of get through it. Well, and it's not that unique. I think it's, everybody it's probably very has common. this happen. Yeah. But it was the first time in my life having to tell someone that uh, their brother had died. Ugh. And it was my... Uh, uh, grand, my grandmother. Um, we, it, it, it wasn't a shock, you know. He, he was older. Sick. Yeah, his mid eighties. He'd had a bad case of shingles that turned into a stroke, and he'd been in a care center for a yeah. few months. We knew it was coming. But you lived where Grandma was. Yeah, I was out at her house that day, and I got a text or call from my mother saying, "Hey, I just saw on Facebook the extended family said he'd passed away. Will you tell her?" Uh, and it, it's something that sounds so easy to do until you have to do it. Because you think, well, okay, she's, you know, puttering around the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. Do I, how do you say? Do I have her go sit down on the couch. What, what, how do you phrase it? Because you can't just say, oh, your brother died. Yeah. Hey, did I tell you? <laughs> you can't do that. You can't sneak it in. But, but I also felt like I didn't want to drag it on. Like, okay, I need you to sit down. There's some news I need to tell you, and it's really sad. And Remember your I brother? I just don't know how to say <laughs> this, but yeah. yeah. So that was challenging. Hard. Did it, uh, but you delivered it. You did it. Yeah, I, 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 I just walked in and said, I have some sad news. Uh, I just found out your brother passed away. And then she sat down. And what I, the other thing I realized, too, is everybody handles that so differently. differently. And, and my grandmother is not the type to get bent out of shape about stuff. But even she, I think, she just sat down and started just telling Stories. stories. That's she's processing. And, and and I just felt like the right thing to do was to just sit there and nod and listen. Because mm. sometimes when somebody's upset or they're crying, I want to jump in and say, oh, no, no, don't cry. It's yeah. okay. Everything's going to be okay. You know, but, yeah. but that's more me saying, oh, I don't want to handle your crying. Stop it. You're making yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Whereas if I let my, you know, if you let the other person kind of vent and do what they're going to do, then they can... No, I, they, I don't know. Well, what I think, that was beautiful, honestly. And it seemed like it, it ended up not being as hard as you thought it should have been. No, it, 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 and that's just it. It doesn't seem like it's hard. Yeah. By the but, time you do it, it's not that hard. But it's that moment where you say, okay, I got to go tell them right now. That's really hard. That's the hard part. Dr. Susan Krauss Whitborn is on the line with us. And, uh, okay, difficult conversation, huh, Susan? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it sounded like you handed it as, about as perfectly as such a situation could be handed. Good job. Um, you didn't come in with a pre- prelude, which is what we often do when we have bad news to deliver. Um, I mean, in the blog, I talked about, would you rather hear the bad news or the good news first? And yeah. Most people say the bad news because it's like we just want to get that out of the way. Um, but if handling... I think a death um, or any any family illness or crisis really is kind of in a whole different plane than kind of conflict or criticism or yeah. the ordinary tough conversations we have at work. It seems like, again, it's more, it's the thought of these difficult conversations that are harder than actually doing it. Yes, and it, you know, there's no denying it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, I mean, that... You're absolutely right. There, there's nothing that's going to make that easy or pleasant. Or who looks forward to conversations like that? Um, you just um, you, knowing the person and how they react is so key because everybody does have different ways of reacting to bad news. And then once she heard the bad news and started sobbing and reminiscing, 
again, letting her do that and not trying to say, oh, no, no, it's going to yeah. be fine. Again, that was just the kind of response that um, grief counselors recommend that you that you have in a situation like that. Let them, or if they don't react, don't think there's something yeah. wrong either. It's just people have different ways of reacting to bad news. It's interesting because as we talk about a difficult conversation, your background is in psychology. You're a professor of psychology. And it, so it, it really is, I mean, how do you become an expert in difficult conversations? And then it makes sense, well, because so much of this is just our psychology at play. Well, you, you know, you say that, but then there are still difficult conversations. And um, with my colleagues, I, I think one of the reasons I got inspired to write this blog was um, there's been some, you know, in every field there's always debates, and there's sure. been a debate that's going on in different groups of people, stakeholders, and uh, they called it a, uh, you know, kind of a challenging conversation or, um, I mean, labeling it as such, and then you set up ground rules, yeah. and, and then you try to to abide by them, and usually it's best if somebody can referee. But I mean, even in the profession, we we have these uh, challenging conversations. We like to think that we're better at handling them because we know more about the field. But there are a lot of people who have a you know many degrees in psychology yeah. and can't, and there are a lot of people who have no professional training and are the absolute pros. What's the uh, I guess as we think about it, what what do, what is at the core of that? What what makes the conversation? So difficult, regardless of your skill set. I mean, lawyers. I, I had I had mediator friends that had a professional mediation firm that couldn't handle the difficult conversation, and then took it to litigation. I mean, it's yeah. it's like yeah. what? But so so is it? I guess it's because it's hitting at our core. Is it? Because it's also most yeah. of us don't have these difficult. I mean, we might be able to do it really easily at biz, in business settings, but where we might be most Achilles, uh, have or most have the Achilles heel is at home in our personal relationships too. I know. I think a lot of it boils down to uh, emotional intelligence and being really sensitive to what other people are feeling in the moment. Because you can have a general theory this should work, yeah, and it doesn't because the theory doesn't map to the actual situation. Sure. So, so I guess if it's hitting. If it's hitting you personally where you're vulnerable, uh, for whatever reason, it's probably going to start leading to, to being one of those difficult conversations. It might even just be topical, huh? I mean, I it guess it's, it's just be, the topic. Yeah. It's not even the person. It's just having to bring up money in that situation with that person right now is very difficult where it might not be in 10 years. That's right. And, and, you know, sometimes we project our own anxieties onto other people. I hate to use that term. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we do. You know, I, I feel uncomfortable talking about money. Uh, the other person doesn't, but because I do, to me, it's now a difficult conversation. The other people's like, oh, whatever. Oh, that's mm-hmm. fine. Sure, we can split the bill or Not a big I'll deal. pay yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? We really... Uh, we we do create a lot of our own chaos, and then and then I guess like we, you said, we project it into others. Talk about for a second about the. Um, I mean, it's not like you're all of a sudden going to know all of your difficult conversations, but it seems like our own history with each other might, in and of itself, set us up. If I know that I can't tell you this one thing mm-hmm. because you're going to go off, because every other time I've tried to say that, then. Um, I guess you'll eventually throughout the program teach us there's other ways around it. I mean, can you overcome these fears? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think once you actually dig into it, you might realize, as you just said, it isn't as bad as I thought it would yeah. be. Um, and maybe it is because you did that mental preparation so that you didn't just walk into it and, you know, get completely, um, you know, whammied by it. But yeah. you, were, you were prepared. You knew it was going to be tough. And it's like you grit your teeth. You try the best you can. Um, and also you're willing to apologize if you get it wrong. Hmm. Yeah, which then says, "Hey, we're here to learn. Let's let's teach each other." Hmm. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Dr. Sue Johnson on the show a while ago, and and she was talking about emotional focus therapy and uh, this the basic most basic human need is just this need to know that you're loved, accepted, and I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's one of the root issues here too, huh? Is just what if they reject me because of this? What if I lose my status or my hierarchy in this space? Yeah, uh, funny you should mention that because tomorrow I'm actually going to write about humiliation. Oh, there you have <laughs> so, it. There you, I, you know, I bounce around between yeah. topics, but I was thinking, well, what when you're criticized in front of other people, it's it, you're losing status, and, yeah. and it, it is shaming. And how do you not criticize people in a way that humiliates them? Um, and then conversely, how do you take criticism without taking it so badly that um, you completely fall apart? And, oh. That's a good one. We'll have to have you back to talk about that one. That's like a, that's a great topic. We're talking with Dr. Uh, Susan Krauss-Whitborn, professor of psychology at the University of Mass- Massachusetts Amherst. We're going to take a break. Again, she's the author also of uh, her most recent book, The Search for Fulfillment. We'll take a break back here discussing more about difficult conversations with Susan Krauss-Whitborn right here on the Matt Townsend Show. back friends to the matt townsend show hey today we're talking about difficult conversations you ever had a topic you just needed to talk about with your spouse but you couldn't get it done you couldn't have that conversation because you know you get into a fight or flight you get into a weird situation one of you runs one of you gets angry whatever the scenario is we're talking difficult conversations, and uh, on the phone with us, we've got a wonderful resource today, Susan Krauss-Whitborn. She's a Ph.D. and professor of psychology at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, the author of a bunch of refereed um, articles, book chapters. She has 16 books of her own. Her most recent book is The Search for, for Fulfillment. She's a blogger uh, and does a lot of work with um, a lot of big national outlets, media outlets. So welcome back, Susan. Thank you, Matt. So appreciate you being here. Now, let's get into it. So a difficult conversation, you know, it's, I guess, by definition, a difficult conversation is what? One that you're not looking forward to having. One that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And one that mainly, because in the past, it's created problems either with you and the other person, or you just uh, know that you personally have a tough time with the topic. And it's, I guess, what I find with the people I work with the, these don't go away they just kind of actually we start we almost start it gets worse because we we have to make up information we have to make assumptions and it, it almost seems to make it even harder well i mean it can go away if you resolve it yeah 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 that's the only way to make it go away really is to deal with it 
It is. And, you know, one of the things I talked about in the blog that makes this so important to, to think about is that you and the person you're having the conversation with share common goals. Hmm. I mean, that's half the battle right there. If you both agree you value open communication or you value um, you know, saving money or you value um, having a relaxing evening, if, if or even larger issues um, about children, about family, about where you live. Once you agree on those goals, the other uh, conversations get get uh, kind of brought under that umbrella, and you can refer back to that you've agreed on this, or you've agreed on it before. Maybe you agree to disagree. Yeah. So that's really important is to have that overarching sense of purpose. Because if you don't, then it's like a competition, right? It's now we're going to argue or debate this. And it seems like the minute it's a it's a competition, then sometimes just the best debater wins. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And we don't necessarily feel understood. We just feel kind of overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, that's a terrible feeling right there. Um, but, but again, if you agree that the outcome should be um, that you share with yeah. each other, you live with each other, or you separate, uh, you know, maybe you're leaving your workplace because you just had it. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, there has to be some outcome that you um, at some point define as acceptable. Is there, is there a right time or a wrong time to have these conversations? And is there a way to know? Or because because uh-huh. it seems like they'd always for somebody that's afraid to have them, it seems like they're always going to feel like the wrong time. Um, yeah, I guess they are going to make a bunch of excuses. To, you make a bunch of excuses to yourself. Um, but I, as I pointed out in the blog, I mean, avoidance is the worst method of conflict resolution there is. Yeah, because it isn't. And and so the longer you put it off, the more you build it up in your mind, and you know, the worse it's going to seem. So at some point you figure out your entree move, your opening move, and you go with it. And and like I said, you prepare the way. Uh, you don't just sort of you – know, the more you, you think and think and think about it, and then you explode and it comes out all wrong. I mean, we've had this happen to us all the time. You go over it in your head a million times. Um, but but it didn't come out right because you went over it too long. Right, you rehearsed it too much. Well, and too much in your own little head. Yeah, <laughs> so you're not exactly. you're not you're not getting real feedback. You're not getting real. I mean, that's that's what I call it is getting real. There's a time where we should just, and I guess you you need a soft start as is uh, it John Gottman talks about the soft start or we just, somehow you just need somebody almost to just initiate it in in yeah, a calm way. You know, when you prepare the way, um, you kind of figure out, you know, not like three months from now when yeah. I talk about this. Yeah, right. <laughs> within some time frame uh, that seems reasonable, um, you you kind of get it ready. And, and you also, uh, I think, what, you know, Gottman definitely, I mean, he is absolutely knows how to <laughs> yeah. talk about conflict. He studied it and the uh, effects of, of avoidance. That's really one of his discoveries. Um, but um, that you... You, you at least make it an I statement. This is how I feel, um, and not a you, or that it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, this is a problem. Well, no, in my point of view, it is, but yeah. it might not be to someone else. And that seems to, yeah, by not making it this universal, because that's where they'll argue with you, right? Well, no, yeah. actually, nine out of ten people that surveyed... Uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden they're throwing these statistics at you like, how did you know that? But when you make it about you, it, it almost, um, yeah, it doesn't seem so global. So I feel this way in this relationship. And then, then even maybe inviting them to share how they feel. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 allowing each other to just that that's the moment it seems like isn't it because if you're not in the space to have the conversation and then somebody one, what might drive somebody out is when somebody makes some big global statement everybody mm-hmm. with a brain knows and then mm-hmm. bonk and then yeah. it's over or, yeah or one of those catch-all everything is wrong with you yeah. type of statements so instead you're saying recognize that avoiding doesn't work it's not going to happen if you avoid it or if you blow it up. So if my if my tendency isn't to avoid the conversation, but my tendency is to escalate it, neither of those are going to work, really. That's right. That's right. I guess escalation the, is my avoidance. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the longer you avoid it, I think the more likely it is to escalate because, you know, it just ain't going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more likely that everything gets dragged into the conversation where it might have started out with something relatively minor. So once we once we kind of get into the conversation, and I guess you're saying, does it matter who starts it? Um, I mean, because sometimes there's going to be, as uh, John Gottman talks about, like the pursuer, the withdrawer, the kind of the more yeah. aggressive that really wants to have this conversation. Yeah. D- does it matter who starts it? I mean, maybe that could be a good tool in a relationship is if I, if I know that I'm never going to want to start the conversation, but I know that my wife will. Could uh-huh. we make a deal that we let her start it? Um, I don't think that's the greatest deal in yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah, because she'll always want to start it, right? How do you? Well, it, that, but you know, then you're kind of falling. Then you're really ha- falling into defined patterns that, yeah. um, you know, probably I'm sure you wouldn't really do that. But no, but uh, you know, yeah. But I, I guess what I'm looking at is how do you? Because I, I sit here and see these couples that naturally will just avoid it for years. Mm-hmm. Years, yeah, and so almost yeah. anything unnatural would work. I mean, I, I once they said we can't solve this problem, and I'm like, great, get a coin now. I did this as a divorce mediator once. They could not figure out how to divide the stuff from the house, and I just said, great, get a coin. <laughs> and they're like, well, what what are we going to do with the coin? I'm, We're just going to flip. So we'll just go down the list and we'll flip heads or tails, and and they're like, well, that's stupid. Then I won't get what I want. I'm like, well, you got a better way. And then interestingly, <laughs> right then they found a better way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I had to almost time. push them to this extreme of like, let's just let it be random. Yeah. And then yeah. they got this idea that, okay, let's talk. Let's figure out another way to do it. But we've got a, your, one of your first points was of the five tips for tough conversations with your partners. Recognize that avoidance isn't going to work. And then you suggest that we leave but sentences out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Talk about that. Oh, well, you all know the feeling. You look really nice right now. And then there's that dot, dot, dot in the air. And it could be an and, but usually it's a but. Um, And and when it isn't, you don't get that, then you're kind of, oh, hmm, Uh (laughs) really? Uh, Okay. And you feel a lot better. But we're almost programmed to hear that. It's the good news, bad news type of conversation. Well, it is. It's like your mind always knows never believe what follows the butt right or never believe actually what preceded the butt so you're a really wonderful person i love you to death but yeah no you're kind of hard (laughs) to deal with okay eliminate everything before and i've i've actually used that one a lot i love the word and so you're saying use the word and instead of but Uh uh-huh or Or just leave leave the the butt out 
leave the beginning part out and and uh you know i think what i said was um you know kind of get it out there early or you can use what you know sometimes you call the criticism sandwich yeah um where you have the positive the criticism and then the positive again so that it softens the blow at either end yeah. but i think it's better to start with the worser thing and then leave on a high note as jerry seinfeld used to say um leave it on a positive note so that the last thing they hear wasn't that second part of the sentence because that's just going to leave them feeling really bad about themselves and there's no no repairing that then they say oh but did you really think you know you shouldn't really have to have that kind of follow-up question from the person yeah it's um, and it's so subtle, isn't it? It's funny how just our language, just a word as simple as a but, mm-hmm. just can so destroy all this other good, even if it's well intended. Like yeah. I love you, you're incredible, you're wonderful, but your mom yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, but that that very you could just add the word and I'm struggling with uh-huh. your mom. I mean, yeah. and those two can totally go together. Okay, good. That's, that's what I find with my own kids. I love my kids with all of my heart, and they suck the life out of me. <laughs> Sometimes they're really hard. And yeah. yet, if I love my children with all of my heart, but they suck the life yeah. out of me, you're like, oh, yeah, you don't like your kids. Yeah, it's just negating everything that just uh, came in front of it. Well, I mean, that's one of the trouble, you know, with language, you're hearing words sequentially, yeah. Instead, when you're reading, you might be reading an email and you just shoot to the end of the email looking for the bad news, get it out of the way. Maybe it wasn't there, and then shoot, that's yeah. great. But in a conversation, you don't really know where the person is going mm-hmm. with that... that line. So you have to rely on their intonation. And usually the intonation at the but part of a sentence, it's, it's obvious that something you're not going to like is going to follow. It's so true. It's interesting how in a conversation – you have less control to like self-edit or to self-manipulate, mm-hmm. right? And like in an email, you can jump ahead. You can, but it's and maybe that's what we try to do a lot of times in our conversations, is we actually we do try to control it more. We I don't know. We we try to influence it more. But it seems like a conversation should be somebody just allowing them being being allowed to just share. Mm-hmm. No, but it is. It's just inevitable that when you're talking, um, it's like any good speech. You know, speeches that people give um, are all predicated on the delivery, the setup, uh, the kind of the substance, and then the closing. Yeah. And so we just exploit different types of communication for different purposes. So true. We're talking again with Dr. Whitbourne, um, a professor of psychology at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. We're going to take a break, come back, and keep discussing more of her tips for tough conversations with your partner. Uh, Great insight. So far, recognize that avoidance won't work and leave the butt sentences out of it. We'll take a break. More on dealing with the difficult conversations right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about difficult conversations. And on the phone with us, Susan Krauss Whitborn is joining us. Um, and she's a psychology professor at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, author of the uh, her most recent book, The Search for Fulfillment, and uh, blogger and you know media personality, media commentator. 
on a, on a variety of shows, Dateline, CNN, uh, the New York Times, Money Magazine. She's done it all. By the way, she's raised two daughters, both of which are psychologists. Is that right, Susan? That's correct. What have you done to the world? Uh, you know, inflicted two more <laughs> psychologists onto it. But Are they uh, both researchers really. as well? Uh, one of them is. Uh, she's actually running a large study at the uh, Veterans Administration oh, fascinating. Uh, Hospital in Boston. And the other one is just finishing her clinical psych internship also at the VA. Um, so uh, Good job. they're both working with veterans. Wonderful. That's what we need right now. Yes. I mean, definitely. we've got a lot of them coming back and needing yeah. the help, and who better to do it than chip off the old Susan Cross Whitborn block? Thanks, <laughs> I'll tell them that. <laughs> yeah. No, so you've been teaching us uh, from your blog that you, uh, I think it was Psychology Today article, five tips for tough conversations with your partner. And one of them was recognize that avoidance won't work. Number two, leave the butt sentences out of it. Just get rid of the butt. Um, and three, prepare the way. What, what do you mean by preparing the way? Well, um, you know, there's the joke about the, you know, the candlelit dinner and the, yeah. you know, the schmaltzy and the roses. But, but not really. It's, it's um, try not to get into it a really deep uh, conflict um, on the spur of the moment. If you feel something's bothering you and you're really about to just let loose, um, it might be time to cool off. There, there's where yeah. avoidance might actually work for sure. the moment. But, but, but I guess if it's been surfaced a little bit, like, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling with this topic. Can we? I, now's not a good time, but can we talk about it later? Right, and then make it clear that uh, what it's about, and and it's not the whole future of our relationship yeah. because you know people catastrophize all the time. That's so true, um, especially if you have that ashen look on your face. <laughs> yeah, that deer in the headlight, like I've got him when I want him. Um, yeah. One of the things I guess that's uh, the preparing the way is more. It's also just making it be that there's not any of these conflicts aren't deal breakers. You know, I mean, they might be, but it's we're not ending the marriage today. So let's pick the best time to do this, but surface it, get it out there. And then if you need to withdraw by taking a break or getting away from each other, you've at least surfaced it. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than just running away from your spouse and then not coming home for two days. That definitely beats that, that alternative. But, but yeah, I mean, you're also giving the other person a chance to prepare his yeah. or her uh, point of view as well, because it could really come out of complete nowheresville sure. um, for the other person. And yet you've been mulling it over and coming up all, all these arguments and counterarguments, and, and they're really unprepared for it. So it really is almost like having a, a conversation with someone at work where let's have a it sounds bad in a way, cold, but let's let's plan to have a meeting about this, and here's what I will be focusing on, yeah. and here's what I'd like you to focus on. I, I think it's great. It seems like the big overarching issue a lot of times is that our body ends up reacting faster than our brain does. Like it's all of a sudden I'm scared or afraid or I'm angry or I'm hurt, and I have all of these emotions that might be leading the conversation instead of us just kind of leading it together saying— we can we can make it through this talk. Let's talk. It'll be safe. Mm -hmm. No one's going to mm -hmm. die. Let's mm -hmm. let's find the best time to do it and let's let's have this conversation. And once you've done that a few times, uh, then you build a record of success yeah. at maneuvering your way through them. And so it almost gives you a reference point, like a system restart point. <laughs> where yeah. you say, well, remember the time we talked about X? 
well, we handled that so well or badly, uh, as the case may be, but here's what we learned from that. How can we apply it to this situation? That's great. So then we're actually learning. I mean, and eventually this, this can be something that, you know, we can do regularly, heaven forbid. We could actually have a healthy conversation regularly and get good at it. Your fourth point, though, is to agree on common goals. You talked about that a little bit earlier, but um, I guess is that what you do at the beginning of this conversation is you just kind of state what your goals are? Yes, um, I, that would be I, that would make a lot of sense. I, I think what I was prob- thinking more about was that you already have common goals. Yeah. But but if not, yeah, well, yeah, maybe it's a completely new situation you haven't had to confront before, like like holidays with the relatives or you know, where do you go on the Fourth of July? Um, and this has never come up. You don't. You have no roadmap for it. Right. So at that point, the conversation is about those goals. Well, and there's some inferred, I think, goals, aren't there, just because you're married? I mean, we, we mm-hmm. both really want to love each other, and we both mm-hmm. want to be around together for a long time. And, I mean, you can, I mean if, you, if you haven't specifically talked about your goals, there seems like some obvious implied ones. There would seem to be, um, but you you might not be 100% sure yeah. at which point it's good to check that out yeah. because then that also brings that into the conversation, which might be a good reminder for your partner. Oh, yeah, we did agree on this. Yes, we mm-hmm. um, we we do have this common faith or this belief or here's how family rates in our list of priorities, and I was losing sight of that. That's powerful. Talk about your last one, stay optimistic. In, yes. the, in the middle of a difficult conversation or a tough conversation, it seems like that's the one that we might burn out the fastest is optimism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's very much like dealing with stress in your life just as an individual. Um, if you're able to stay, I say, realistically optimistic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you know, and you have that sense of hope and, and you can sort of imagine a positive outcome rather than a, a terrible outcome disastrous outcome, it's really going to help you work your way through to that point. It, it really is like positive imagery. And it's, I mean, it's contagious too, because if you're not optimistic, that was another thing we had John Gottman on the show. And that's another thing he brought up is we start rewriting our history. And so if, I, if I'm not hearing optimism from you, I'm smart mm-hmm. enough to start knowing I'm losing you. This isn't, mm, this is scary. Absolutely. You're starting yeah. to get real negative here. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, sometimes it might take the other partner to boost you. Like, if you feel there's just no hope here, we're just completely at odds over this, um, if somebody can come up with something good to say, uh, it might be enough to turn that conversation around. Yeah, when I do mediation and, and just communication work with people, I, I always believe that they tend to have a very high level of agreement um, it's just like I always call it the 80-20 rule, the Pareto rule, where 80% of the time they seem to be actually in agreement, but they're always fighting about where they disagree. <laughs> and uh-huh. it, so it always sounds like they're not in agreement. So I, I always teach, let's try to just shore up where I'm with you. I'm with you on this point and this point. I agree the kids should go to bed earlier, and I admit I'm not as home as much as I need to be, and I, we do need to do more exciting things in our marriage. And then I could share where I'm not quite with them. I mean, it seems like... All of a sudden, then we're like, oh, we really agree on a lot. And when I see people get that, I see optimism swell. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, yeah, we're not so far off. It's just this one little thing we're, 
we're really struggling with. And man, it makes it easier. It does. It really puts it into perspective. And there's goodwill back in the conversation instead of fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we and, have them with fear. And misunderstanding. Yeah. All of that. Where do you um, where do you see? I mean, you see this as learnable and teachable. Earlier, you brought up that some people just lack some of the emotional intelligence yeah. to do this. So, I guess the best way to learn it is just practicing it. Uh huh. Absolutely. And I, I think I mentioned in the blog that there was a study of uh, just giving couples a DVD counseling yeah. method. It, it, and really what they're using is uh, cognitive behavioral, which is, you know, a psychodargon term, but sure. it's one of the most effective forms of therapy that there is, where you work on your thoughts and your behaviors. Yeah. And the more specific and the more you can break it down, um, people find it much easier when you can get it to that level because it's you can you can get your hooks in there and you can you can work on it. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's amorphous and vague, um, things going back to your childhood, there's nothing you right. can do about it. But you can understand your partner today. You can even understand, you know, what's hard for them today, and and actually. Just just go that far. Don't even try to fix the problem yet. Just try to understand where they are today. I mean, that's something very simple. Yeah. Too. Right. And you, then they'll feel, again, an uptright word, understood. Yeah. But it really is important to feel understood. It's so true. I mean, it's, isn't it interesting that now we're all, we have to be so careful so it doesn't sound so trite. But, I mean, yeah, if we're not understood, why do I want to be with you? You're sucking I, the life out of me if you don't get me. And yeah, but it's such a basic thing, isn't it? It is absolutely. Well, Susan, we appreciate you and um, the, your great work that you're doing. Again, if anybody wants to find you, Susan, what's the best place to locate you? Um, I, I'm at UMass Amherst. Um, and and just so, Google um, your name, Susan Krause yeah. Whitburn. Yeah, B O U R N E. And then, um, as you've been pointing out, I have a Psych Today blog, and this was Five Tips for Tough Conversations. And if a person has never been to the Psych Today website, it's full of Love really, a lot of great stuff. Yeah, that's one of my favorite sites right there. Well, we appreciate you, Susan. Again, thanks Thank to you, and uh, keep changing people's conversations. Okay, we'll do, Matt. Thank you. you. Too. Take care. You too. Great stuff, folks. You know, just the beginning of understanding. Just the beginning, a tip of the iceberg. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Our own Maddie Richard is going to teach us how to prepare for and cope with the difficult conversations. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Top of the afternoon to ya. A little New Jersey accent. You shouldn't say things like that. That was Jersey. Oh, no. A lot of people think it sounds like Great Britain. No. No, that's British Jersey. Accent. Yep. No, that was Jersey. That's Jersey, yeah. <laughs> have you not watched Jersey Shore? I don't think that's what they say on Jersey Shore. Have, oh, you, ever, have you ever watched it? What's her name? Snooky. Snooky. Top of the morning to yeah. you. No. Welcome to Jersey Shore. <laughs> See, no, that's Irish. That was just the leprechaun. <laughs> you just went leprechaun on us. Uh, that's not even. That's not even. I don't a, think yeah. anyone with the name that's not a situation dialect. would speak like that. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> they're magically delicious. You could almost hear him say that right there. <laughs> almost. Okay. Almost. I won't make you say it now. Hey, um, today we're talking about difficult conversations. Yeah. Who brings more difficult conversations to this show than Maddie Richards? Ouch. I mean that in the best way possible. Well, I think you... You talk business. You bring, you bring down the business hatchet. I don't bring down difficult conversations. No, I you make don't. you guys stay on topic. Is yeah. that the same thing? Yeah. Let me tell you, everyone that's listening, if, if, I, if Sean and I weren't on the show... I don't know what it would be every day because we're the only ones that plan stuff. Well, it's what we did. It's what we did for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> We've taken it to the next level. Uh, <clears throat> so, here's the deal. Uh, a lot of people are wondering where's Mike Pond. Yeah, where is Mike? These hundreds of girls that he had dated and the one that he really likes. Where's Mike? Where's Mike? Everyone's like, where's the Mikey? Yeah, where's the Mikey that we like you so much? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna tell you really quickly. Where Michael Pond is, where nobody in the tweeted world at is us, Pond? so nobody I did. feel super unloved. I, and I didn't, I didn't pitch it really hard. I know you're. Well, you're. Yeah, we'll, I'm we'll tired. Talk, it's we'll Monday. We'll discuss this after the show, yeah, but okay. tweet us more often. Well, I think the what that really means is that nobody, nobody cares about Mike. I think that's what that. Maybe really that's means. that could be it. That could be it. So I think where is he? It, don't care. I think what it means <laughs> is that James right there showed some of his anger. Yeah, <laughs> that you care right? so much about Mike. <laughs> Because he thought he thought it was just you two, and then all you care about is Mike. No, I only care about James and yeah. this show and chocolate. That's my three things that I care about. Really, mm-hmm. that's actually a really good priority list. That's great. You're top of the list. Yep, you're above well, chocolate. Actually, well, no, no, no. If it's a, and it's in a priority list, then chocolate definitely comes before the show. Okay, uh, boy, there's a difficult. Well, no, but you're still at the top. Oh, good. It's you, chocolate, and then the Matt Townsend show. Wow, Sean, that's not good. <laughs> okay, so anyway, where in the world is Mike? I'm going to read his Instagram caption. Okay. And you're going to guess okay. where he is. This will be easy. <laughs> Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, but first let me take a selfie. Hashtag, I'm so fancy. Hashtag, Mr. Worldwide. Hashtag, New Jersey. Hashtag, Hungary. No, no. Hashtag Louvre. Hashtag Louvre. Mike has been at the Louvre. Ding. Yeah, there we go. Ding. There we go. Would you call him? (laughs) (laughs) So this is the other one, the other thing that we have. Okay. There was a group of Americans with sparklers singing the national anthem underneath this tower on the 4th of July. Eiffel Tower. Yep. Isn't that cool, though, that the 4th of July, that's what the Americans in Paris were doing? Really? That's, that is cool. Holding sparklers and singing the national anthem. Did they get run out of France? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get asked. Were they staked? Did they were they burnt at the stake? I don't think. I don't think so. Guillotined maybe because I feel like that was a French thing. But anyway, Mike's Sounds in Paris. Violent. Okay, so here's the deal. Stuff. You also have some research for us, or some you know thoughts about preparing for a, a difficult conversation because you prepare. You you're not afraid to have a difficult conversation. You tend to. Hit people right between the eyes. Ow, that, I don't. I, th- I think that was offensive. No, so, no, that, I'm saying you get her done. Well, but I'm not talking about how this the one who's initiating the difficult conversation should prepare. I'm talking about if you're getting a difficult conversation okay. given to you, okay, good. how to good. how to prepare for yeah. those kinds of situations and how to cope. Okay, James, get your paper out and write these down because this notes. is how you'll bring up the Mike Pond thing. <laughs> Deal with Maddie. Okay, so when someone you know is. I oh wow he's got a pen he's ready mm-hmm. to write <laughs> totally ready. So someone is you know I think you should sit down I think we need to have a talk. Yeah, can we talk? This is the best way to prepare yourself when you're the person that's gonna get talked at. <laughs> Always 
be open to yeah. a conversation. Always try to say yes. Like I'm open to having a conversation. How about Never next be the year? Person, no, that's it. That don't do what that. What if I'm like, sure, I'm totally open. How how does next year work for you? That's a bad thing to do. Okay. Be Let's open to it today. Be open to having a talk. Be open okay. to what they have to say to you. That's good. Um, tell yourself before you go into the conversation, no matter what happens. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. Don't, don't throw a tantrum. That's a, see. That's what don't I mean. throw a tantrum. Say no matter what comes out of their mouth, I'm going to be calm. Hmm. Not going to throw a tantrum. Why would you throw a tantrum? You don't want to start the fight. You don't want to. You don't need have to. A, right. If you you're, tell yourself before, as you're, you know, taking your sit down. Okay, what's going on? Tell yourself. Even you're a little apprehensive, obviously, sure. but you can say, "I'm not going to throw a tantrum, no matter what happens." Sure, that's good. Um, the next one is listen with love. What? So, as you're getting talked at, talked to, try and remember that you care about this person that's talking to you. That you um, should try and listen with love as they're telling you what's going on, what's happened, what's wrong, what they need you to work on. If you're willing to look at them and hear with ears that are filled with love, I guess, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more willing to accept what they have to say. How how do you do that? Because I sometimes don't listen with love. I kind of listen with, I want to punch you. So I think the easiest way to do it is to remind yourself that they're coming at you from a place of love. They're talking with love. Yeah. They're only saying something to you because they care about you. I mean, my mom said something a long time ago that I'll never forget. She said, you really only fight with people that you love. Because people you don't love, you don't care enough about to say something to. That's good You're not going to raise contention with them because you don't care what they do. Except for the guy with the parking stall. But you don't really sit down and have a difficult, you just yell at them. You don't have like a conversation with them. No, we do get out. Oh, gosh. But I didn't love him. Well, you should. He's, he's 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 one of God's children. One of God's children. Keep going. Try not to interrupt. I do that all the time. So just, I'm so bad at this too. Just let them you, say what they need to you say. Are, you are. <laughs> you interrupt me I'm just more than to I ever interrupt. <laughs> yeah. So try not to interrupt. Like I just try not to interrupt and um, let them finish their thought. Don't say okay, but this. Like let them yeah. finish their whole thought. Then if you say, well, I'm sorry you interpreted it like yeah. this. This is how it was meant. Then they feel like they've got everything off their chest. They're not angry at you and for don't interrupting. Say, don't say, are you done? Yeah. That's, are you done being stupid? Because here I come. And yeah, then and then off. that's the last one is don't say anything you'll regret. Right. Those sometimes are good. it's hard to not lash out at the moment, but remember that words are sometimes things that you can't take back, even if you didn't mean them. Yeah. People will hold on to that. I know. So as you're sitting down getting ready for the conversation, say, I'm not going to throw a tantrum. I'm not going to say anything. Have you ever had to regret. use these rules? Um, All the time with you. Really? Just kidding. Did you get these written down, James? Yeah. Which was your favorite? I like the uh, um, the second to last one. The don't interrupt. I don't. Know, I think that's like why. A, why? <laughs> I just interrupted you. There you go. Because I'm on this show and it happens all the time. What'd you say? No, but I think it's because it's it's a, it's a symptom that you're not listening. Yeah. You know, if somebody's constantly interrupting, it just shows that they're not listening because what they're really doing is thinking what they want to say. It's a dueling monologue. Exactly. Two people. Like it's like dueling banjos. Yep, just like that. Okay, yep, Once well, again, we're we could have had that music ready. Yeah, we could have. Um, or we could just do. do how do am I supposed out. to know that I need to have dueling banjos? That's ready? That's something you should always. That have. should oh, always yeah. be a hot that's, key. That's actually true. So now we're going to talk about how you can cope after after the difficult conversation the after okay. you've been talked to. So first thing is evaluate what they've said and whether or not there's any truth to the conversation. That's a great question. Is so there any truth here? 
sometimes you think I really didn't do anything wrong but it takes a strong person to evaluate and say okay they got mad at me at this I don't think that's true but this part definitely is something I can work Mm -hmm. on that leads you to making goals for your behavior and reactions and your future approach so make a change so you make a goal not because of what they are saying to you but because of what you see after your evaluation that you can improve upon that's why if you ask have I heard this feedback before yeah then all of a sudden you're like yeah nine out of ten mothers yeah have I heard this feedback have I has this annoyed me and other people Yeah. when other people do this does that annoy me but if I just go back to my old nah geez she sounds like her mother so if you do that then you're not going to learn exactly pigeonholing it that's the hardest thing I think is to take evaluate to evaluate yourself Um, the next one is don't be afraid of your emotions but understand how to control them so if someone tells you something that makes you angry or that you know like Rob that makes you really really sad yeah it's okay to feel I think my biggest thing that I've been learning in college is people are really afraid to feel things they are and so don't be afraid of what you're feeling but understand okay this is anger right now now i need to figure out what i'm going to do to stop being so angry that's really good advice what what if you're what if you're afraid that you're loving a redhead too much just keep loving is that the advice that you would give though just just keep loving just keep loving Good. That's very poignant. This moment brought to you by the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> <laughs> Love on the air. Are you ready for another one? That was a beautiful moment, though. It I was. Know, it was. We'll talk about that. By soon. the way, and those viewers or those listeners couldn't see. This is why we need to make this a TV show. <laughs> they, you guys caught eyes, and you held this incredibly intense <laughs> yearning is the only word I could think of. Glance at each other, where this hot laser-like well, I think, focus. I think the listeners could feel that. Oh yeah. I'm sure they could. I got a shock on my headset. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. Okay, keep going. Okay, so the next one is don't take it out on them. Yeah. If they're the bearer of sad news, if they're the bearer of don't look, punch them. Everyone is kind of worried about you for because you keep doing this. Don't be mad at them. Don't kill the messenger. I recently had something with my roommate that we needed to talk about. Something a lot of people had come to me as her really close friend and said, "This is annoying. We need to figure out what to do." And she got so mad at me for what me and a lot of other people behind me had observed. Yes. And it was hard to be the one that was getting shot for being the messenger. So just don't take it out on the person that... Who do you take it out on? Um, I don't think you need to take it out on anyone. If you're, I mean, a, if you're a country western person, the dog. Oh, uh, well, that's. I feel like that's bad. Dogs it's are, horrible. Dogs, dogs are, are great. gifts. So maybe take it out on your pillow. Just don't take it out on anyone. Just take it out learn on your from your emotion. I mean, just maybe change. chocolate. I mean... Eat okay. your feelings. That's fine, right? Write a song about it. Yeah. Oh. Boom. James. You guys James just is a caught eyes again. <laughs> Has he written you a song? No. Yet. There we go. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay, I just have one more, and that's move forward. I, I, you know what we call that? I say let it go. Let it go. I should have seen that coming. You didn't even say that. You said move forward. Hit move forward. Oh boy. <laughs> he just hit the. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's as close as I get. No, but just, you know, don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell Move on forward. the Live hard in the things. Now. Yeah. And yeah. be willing to be the best person you can today, regardless of what someone needed to talk to you about yesterday. You seem like you're really good at having difficult conversations and then helping people recover from them. Well, that's what I do with you all the time. Please don't ever hurt James. I will never hurt James. My tender heart. <laughs> James is very fragile. You guys, why, why isn't anyone worried about James hurting me? It's not going to happen. James doesn't hurt people. He is a PhD of passion. I think passion is all about hurting people. 
It's passion. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's PhD not. in passion. <laughs> um, well, good job. Well, thank you. Maddie Richard. Oh, goodness. You nailed it. Thank you. <sighs> Beautiful job. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Brooke Walker is going to be joining us. She's going to talk about difficult conversations in the news as a journalist. Hey, so are you? how do you feel about your child being killed in that accident? People ask that. That's the worst job about being a journalist. And Maddie Richards is taking journalism school right now. I, I sure am. And I'm excited to hear what Brooke has to say. About then you got to ask those stupid questions. People need to know. Difficult conversations, folks. That's today's topic. We'll be back with Brooke Walker right here on the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking difficult conversations. We've talked to the pros about how to have them. We've talked to the semi-pros about how to recover from them and other love fights. I'm not a semi-pro. I'm a pro. Interesting. Felt more semi semi to me. If I'm a semi-pro, then you're like a novice. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, Smack right there. down. <laughs> Just breathe through it, Matt. Just breathe through it. Do not react. How <laughs> would have w- had one for that? How woo? Seriously? Yep. But it You're works. supposed to be on my side. Sorry, dang it. Uh, can you guys have We're your love fights? Tonight. Oh, geez. Here we go. You guys need to have a serious conversation. So joining us, finally, a professional, another professional. Brooke Walker's joining us. Brooke is a friend, host, and executive producer of the Lifestyle Show Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. She is a member of the award-winning KSL team and works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center to help raise the funds to change people's lives. Brooke Walker, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much. Who is that sassy, sassy female? Uh, Her name is Maddie Richard. Is that Maddie? Yeah. Hey, Brooke, what's up? Maddie, you were, I liked, you were fierce. I liked that. You weren't afraid to lay it down. Uh, you know, Brooke. Brooke don't. and I have bonded since I've Brooke, been interning at KSL. Brooke. We see each other and it's just the best. We have. Maddie was in our studio the other day, Matt. I know, but you know, was that when security took her out? <laughs> I didn't want to bring up that important Yeah, they tased her. She told us about it. <laughs> she needs to be tased. Hey, uh, how you doing? I'm doing great. You you have never had a difficult conversation in your life because you're never. a communication expert. I have difficult communicate different difficult conversations every single day. I feel like. Do you really? Because Mark told me you guys have about one a day. <laughs> Is that his report? Yeah. He says. Oh, good. He says, but he he never he never he says he never wins those conversations. Oh 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 oh! Now you're throwing down lines. Is it? Are we starting a fight? Well, we are. We're in the middle of building a house. Yes, I think every marriage needs to go through that process. No, 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 no. That's like saying every marriage needs a divorce. It's. Let me just tell you, there has been a lot of conversing. Yeah. By the way, I would never just so you know, I that would probably kill my marriage. Would it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's why you live in a shed, right? That's why we live in a. That's why we live. Yeah, we live with Sean O'Neill in a motorhome. Well, that um, just sounds dreamy. Where would the conflict come? What, because what do you anticipate? We we don't make decisions like that very well. Because yeah. neither of us know and neither of us care. Okay. But, but then we would just both stress about I don't really, I have to just, the way we bought our house is we walked in and we said, yeah, this is it. 
This is the color. So we probably need to start painting our walls again, but we couldn't make decisions to do that, so we probably have to move. <laughs> we don't make decisions like it's. I my mind is too. I have too much going on in my mind to like sit yeah, there and say what color. Like I knew a girl once, Brooke, a woman that that painted her bedroom blue. Really, she must have had incredible style and taste. Well, not really, and uh, <laughs> well, she did. But then she put it out on um, Instagram. Right. And then she told everybody a week later she was moving. Right. I mean, who paints your bedroom blue and then tries to sell it to some other poor soul? Yeah. Who's going to buy a blue bedroom? Yeah, Actually, well, Maddie. I would did, buy thankfully. one. Thanks, Maddie. <sighs> Maddie, blue and red don't go together. No, they actually go together incredibly well. Superman. See, that's why I don't know these things. So, Brooke, uh, by the way, I left journalism for this very discussion we're having right now because sometimes when you're out there in the field, they just hand you a microphone and they say, go ask that question to that one person who just lost their child. Right. That is a horrible moment. It is. It's really tough. And that was something as a news reporter, I spent a couple of years as a news reporter before transitioning to the role of happy lifestyle host. And that was honestly, I can relate with you because that was one of the reasons that I made that transition. It was so hard to knock on the door and try to question and talk to the mother of a fallen soldier or the parent of someone who's just lost a child. Those are difficult. I mean, extremely sensitive situations. But then you have producers like, no, you got to get this, get it. You got to get it. You have got to be more aggressive. And that was actually a line I used quite a bit. I am so sorry. I wish I was anywhere but here, but this is my job to ask. And what you find is when people are, I think when those difficult conversations are approached with humility and as much sensitivity as you can, people are more understanding than you might anticipate. Not always, but sometimes I think when you just, you know, share in the awkwardness, if you will, or share in the struggle of that conversation, people are more, I think, willing to let down and hopefully relate to you. I love that. Just the simple phrase, this is my job to ask, so I'm going to ask it. Right. I mean, that's great. I mean, I guess wives could do that. This is my role. <laughs> I'm your wife, so I'm Parents just going to ask it. Could. Yeah. Parents certainly could. This is my job to ask. And one thing I found, I don't know, there are different applications of this, certainly, but one thing in the role of reporter that I found is a lot of times I would anticipate the emotion of the conversation before the conversations even happened, right? A lot of times you assume you know how someone's going to react or you're anticipating what they're going to say or the emotion they're going to bring to the conversation. And I found that to be a huge, huge setback. If I went into a conversation, even now on on our lifestyle show, if I go into a conversation anticipating how someone's going to answer, respond, or emote, typically I'm setting myself up for failure because you never know. Oh, yeah. I I always answer the way you'd think, right? Not always. Really? Every once in a while, Cheetos comes into the conversation in a very random way, and you know I don't even see it coming. That's usually when I haven't eaten in the morning. <laughs> that's, that's when you're thinking, what should I want for breakfast? Che- Cheeto- Cheetos always comes up. Um, what? So when you think about the journalist side, you, you're supposed to go ask those really kind of hard-to-ask questions. Right. Do, do, you, do you find it's harder in your personal—we won't, won't get into your personal life, but do you find this harder at home? Or harder at work? Because at work you have a ton of ex- – yeah. And, and just have difficult conversations. Because at work you've had to let people go. Right. You've had to give people some major feedback like, hey, don't wear that much jewelry. I remember when you told me that. You're like, Matt, that's way too much bling. <laughs> Lay off the ankle bracelets, Matt. <laughs> they jingled too I much. Think, I think it 
depends. You know, we have a really close work atmosphere here. We work almost as a family, and people say that, and I always roll my eyes and think, really. But we do work really tight here. I think there are different walls up, though, when you're in a professional setting, right? Yeah. When you're, and that could be, when I say professional, that could be a mom at the PTA meeting, right? right. Or a, a, a parent talking to the, the other parent of a child, their kids aren't getting along. I mean, when you're in those more formal professional settings, I think it's definitely harder um, but I think one thing we, at least I do, I have this case of runaway mouth, right? When the silence comes in, no matter how, you know, how, where the conversation's at, <laughs> the silence comes in, I feel the need to jump in and fill, fill the void. that fill silence. The yeah. Right. And maybe that's because I'm supposed to fill an hour of TV every no, day. No, absolutely. Know. But uh, silence, I found, really is golden oh. in most difficult conversations. Don't yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. You just sit there and you wait. I like wait. to wait till you hear, like, the clock go tick, 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 tick. <laughs> And then about 20 minutes later, you're like, man, I just made a lot of money. You're like, holy cow. There just it went. Sitting there waiting and waiting. Goodbye. And the other thing is I'm always asking questions. That's my job. That's what I get paid to yeah. do. But in tricky situations and tricky conversations, questions are the saving grace. Questions are what allow you to cut through the awkwardness yeah. and advance the conversation. And the beauty is you don't have to. You just have to ask the question and then let the other person take over from there. See, the cool thing about uh, questions professionally is – you know, you, you're still in control, but most people like to answer questions. But yes. personally, if you kept asking, like, Mark the question, so what about where, when, where, how, then eventually he'd feel like you're controlling him. Like, look, I'm not your guest. I have look. a funny story about that. What? It was one of our very first dates. We were driving up into the canyon to enjoy this beautiful concert out in the open here in the mountains of Utah. Yes, and romantic. And we, we couldn't get radio signal. I haven't thought about this story for a long time. Now, again, beginning dating situation. Yeah, sure. You were just new. Yeah. Yeah, barely, you know, just trying to gauge each other's emotional, sure. relational style. So we couldn't get good radio signal because we were traveling up, up, up the mountain. And he said, well, let's turn on um, Pandora because we had a stronger internet signal than we did radio sure. signal. Sure. So we turned on Pandora on his phone, his iPhone in the car, and some good tunes started to come on, yeah. you know? Barry Manilow. Well, you know, how did you know? Sure. Yes, exactly. So we Barry were White. setting the mood. Yeah, <laughs> we were, a little Barry White. And I said, he was trying to navigate traffic and figure out where we were going, and it was a concert, so there was a lot of, lot of other cars on the road, and I said, this is a great, these are some great songs. What Pandora station is this? And about 30 seconds passed, and he was trying to look at his little map quest on his iPhone and turn right and not hit the car in front of him and bumper to bumper. And I thought, well, he must not have heard me. So I said, hey, what radio station is this? You know, again, nothing, nothing. I said, he must not have heard me. He's so hearing impaired. I said, hey, what radio station is this? And he, I will call it a snap, although it was a minor one because we were dating. He finally said, will you just give me a second? And that really, we laugh about it now, but that oh, sets the tone for our entire yes. relationship because my mind is going yeah. really 10 steps ahead, and I'm not proud of that. It's kind of a, it's no. kind of a setback yeah. in many situations. But just learning to anticipate that other person's response Ooh, waiting, time and yeah. response pattern, we laugh about that because it now comes up a lot. He's like, just give me a second. See, all you had to do was say that. I know. But all you had to do was shut your caker. All I had to do is shut my caker, otherwise known as my cake hole. Yes, good. I always bring up on KSL. And just let it be. So again, that, that urge to fill the silence and Ooh, that up so much. That is so good. Hold on. Sean's got Well, question. I'm just wondering, Brooke, how much how many times does he bring that up now? <laughs> good question, Sean. Way too many. Way, Way too many. Because yeah, uh, I have a situation in, in my marriage where the word fiasco seems oh. to come up quite a bit. Really? Fiasco. Yeah. Um, back when uh, we were planning the wedding, yes. the fiasco. Uh, my, my wife and I 
and my mother sat down oh at the my. table. I made the mistake of saying, well, let's see if we can get this fiasco done. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That was so, stupid. Yeah. That was dumb. By the way, so another great like moment. What not to say. Yeah. Don't ever call your wedding a fiasco. Although fiasco, it's one of those words that it sounds like it sounds, what it is. It's, it's, it's probably Italian. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's not. Okay. That's funny. Um, we're talking with Brooke Walker uh, from KSL's show Studio 5 with Brooke Walker uh, here in the Intermountain area. She's she's a superstar. Let's just admit it. And in fact, was in the parade. I was. The Provo Parade. Yep. You got to wave to the people. I did. Wave to the minions. We're talking with Brooke. We're taking a break. When we come back, back Brooke's going to keep uh, educating us on other, you know, ways to kind of work it through, make sure we can talk it through, getting through difficult conversations. More with Brooke Walker right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back. Those are the lasers shooting, which means James is flying the Death Star. Which apparently happens every day. You know, if we would record... More lasers. (laughs) If we would record off-air what we talk about, this show... We'd get in trouble. Would we? Well, your intro just to this section right now was going to be... Hey! No, that's me stretching my throat. Oh, is that it? <laughs> that's how I stretch it. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Today, our guest, Brooke Walker. She's the, the legend, the legendary host and executive producer of the Lifestyle Show, Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. She is, she's figured out with Mark how to no longer irritate him to the point of blow-ups. You should say that Mark's her husband. Mark is her husband. Brooke, welcome back. That's why Maddie is so good. That eye for detail. She has got an eye for detail. Is that's totally true, but uh, it's pointed the wrong way. <laughs> that's what's weird about it. Um, <laughs> that's rude. Just kidding. So here's the deal. Um, you are a journalist. By the way, yes, that sir. is what makes you great. I was going to comment because you. Ad living is a very hard thing to do, and most people don't know how hard it is to fill time when. You're waiting for something to happen. And I will honestly say, Brooke, you are the best at filling time. Oh, you're And so ad-libbing. Because I used to, there used to be another uh, anchorman in Utah who was phenomenal. I'll just say yes. his name, Terry Wood. Used to be, I think, one of the great, he could just really ad-lib for hours. He's fantastic. But you could go live now. You, I think you're the best easily at KSL and best, I think, <laughs> in the Valley. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Basically, you said that I'm just good at shooting the breeze. and Yeah, no, but in a professional way, that's nothing, that's but... money. You're, that's okay. the money. You'll go do the primary children's uh, you know, fundraiser stuff on air constantly, the telethon for 20 hours, and you can ad-lib for 20 straight hours. We were laughing about this actually just over the weekend. You mentioned the parade. Yes. There at BYU, there was a parade. Not BYU didn't sponsor it. Yeah. The Provo did, but it stretched through kind of the streets of campus and whatnot. Well, I was in the parade this last weekend for the July 4th holiday, but 10 years ago to the date, I was a BYU student, a broadcast wow. student, and I got assigned to um, do commentary for the parade on um, a cable company there in the Provo, Utah area. Really? 
Yes, and we were laughing because the parade started at 9, so we were set up and ready to broadcast at 9. Well, based on where we were along the parade route, we didn't actually see anything to talk about until about 9.30. So there was 30 minutes <laughs> of pure ad-lib, like, I know. look at those birds overhead. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, the sky is so blue. And anyway, I'd like to think I've gotten a little bit you, better at it. You have. That, that's what it's then. like, just so you know. Times that by four, that's what it's like to do the Matt Townsend show. Wow. Are you There's exhausted every day? Every day. Oh. And then they ask me, hey, say this, say this, and none of it makes sense to me. At least you have Maddie and Sean and all sorts of brilliant brains there to jump in with their insights. Mm. Totally true. <laughs> right here. Hey, so here, here's a question. This, yes. this comes from Maddie, who is a journalist. She's studying journalism. Yes. And, oh, she's turned her mic on, so be careful. <laughs> well, here's, I wasn't sure if you were talking. But here, here's the question. So... How come you are allowed to take a microphone and you pull up in your van with the with the call signal from your radio or television station mm-hmm. and you're allowed to go ask the question that no one else would ask? Like no one else would go up and say, so how do you feel? Now, you, you can get away with it by saying, you know, this is my job to ask this. But why do we give, do you think, journalists that latitude? Because that's we a, give it to you're, you're like the, they just I don't, take it? maybe they take it. Maybe they just maybe you're kind of like a drive-by gang. Oh well, that's a great parallel. I don't know. That just sounds real. Violent. Here's the thing, though. Don't you think at the end of the day, despite the difficulty of the situation, people want to talk? Uh, yeah, or they kind of want to. They want to release. Yeah, people might want to talk, and especially when you pull up in a really nice and you're wearing. Yeah. You're well, all dressed not, up. And it's not always immediate. I'm not saying no. that in the thick of a sensitive situation, someone's going to be like, hey, yo, open the door. I'm ready to chat. But eventually, if you give people the proper time and healing and processing opportunity, yeah. they want to talk because I think as humans, we're just connective creatures. Right? I agree. Like no, I think so. Share and and uh, for a lot of women, especially talking is therapy. Talking is their yeah. You know their outlet, their their resource, and anyway, I, I so I don't think, I think it's, right. a lot of people put a lot of pressure on the how do you get people to talk or how do you have the courage to ask those questions. I think it's in all of us to share and well, to connect. There's almost an expectation too, right? Where we, you know, if you if you you just went through a tragic event or a difficult situation, and four stations show up, it's like people want to hear. They want to yeah. know what you have to say, and some of it's just to connect, isn't it? It's just. We just, you know, that makes us sad too. Help us go through that with you. Right, right. There's a, it's, it's the whole reason the blog phenomenon has taken off. I mean, there are, you know, hundreds of blogs written by mothers or parents who have been through a, a horrible situation, and, it, and it's their way to grieve. It's their way to get it out there, and it's their way to hopefully make something good out of something yeah. you know, tragic. It seems like that's, too, where the questions you were talking about earlier, just asking a really good question, a really effective, open-ended question can be just the money maker. So right. you I, seem down. Tell me, tell me what you're feeling right now. One, no one can understand what you're feeling. Help us understand what you're feeling. I had the chance to go behind the scenes of the Today Show a couple of times over the last few years. And I had a, a, a quick, brief one-on-one moment with, with Matt Lauer and his producer, who I consider Matt Lauer to be one of the yeah. most gifted interviewers on network television. Like him or hate him, he does ask very, very yeah. smart questions. Did he ask you if you could actually perform the job as a mother? And still do your job? Because that's the one that just did. got him in trouble. I've 
feel so bad that he got so. I really do. Yeah. I think that was an yeah, appropriate he got, question. Yeah, he got T-boned there, yeah. I know, he totally did. But one thing that he said that was so interesting, so the Today Show producers will often put questions, you know, in the script, in the prompter, and Matt Lauer and the other anchors will do their research the night before and read over these suggested questions that the producers put forward based on their understanding of the story or the topic or the situation. And Matt Lauer, a lot of, a lot of network anchors just go with it. They just take what the producer gives them. They ask the questions, knowing and trusting that producer has, you know, the best information. Sure. But I guess Matt Lauer is, is infamous for questioning the question. <laughs> he takes a lot of pride in scripting out those questions, and he puts a lot of thought into what he's going to ask, how he's going to ask yeah. it, in hopes of getting the best response. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we were also thoughtful with our questions, not to the extent that we're scripting them out, obviously, yeah. but you realize the question is powerful and it's loaded with a huge opportunity for people to share themselves and give up of their experiences and opportunities. And wouldn't it be great if we were all that thoughtful with the things that we ask of other people? I think it'd be great. And then, too, because it's all about the question. You ask the right question, you really only need a few of them. You only yeah. need a few questions right. and then get people will open up. Right, and someone someone as gifted as Matt as as Matt Townsend. Yeah, I totally as agree. Matt Lauer <laughs> would still spend after all of these years of hosting and interviewing would still spend such time and energy and thought crafting questions. I thought that really spoke to the power behind the ability and the opportunity to ask. I love that, and then I think couching that with the ob the ability to to to. Um, because when you then answer the question, so if I know, this is how I feel with some conversations. If I know too much the questions I'm going to ask, which makes mm -hmm. sense in broadcast television, I think. Mm -hmm. But in my marriage, like if I go home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask her four questions and that ought to do her for the night. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll get my question quota out, out of yeah, the way. That, that ought to wear her out. But um, in the end, I guess I'm thinking if, if she may answer in a way that should actually invoke a deeper question on that answer. So I should be able to actually ad lib and go with where she is right? instead of be stuck on my question that maybe no longer matters. Right. It goes back to that idea, don't anticipate the emotion. Yes. Right? You don't know what they're going to say or how they're going to react. And so you've got to be prepared to go with that, go with that flow. And that to me, that's what I find in the, 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 in the few interviews that I've done that actually work really well. It's, it's usually the unanticipated question that seems to always get the real money. Always. In fact, do you remember one of the most memorable segments we've done together is when we, 30 seconds before we came on air out of a commercial break, totally tossed the topic out the window and just went with it? Yes, that was the best. Do you remember it that? It was. That really was. I, by the way, I'll do that anytime you want me to. I like that. Because I like to just wing it. And then I like to see that little bead of sweat on your lip <laughs> when you don't know what I'm about to say. <laughs> But I know it probably involves Cheetos. <laughs> Other than that, it's totally an open door. <laughs> no, that's good. What I love about, because, um, again, you're, you're somebody that deals with pressure, because we're talking about these difficult conversations, and yet I just love that you're, you can plan through your day, your script so much that you, there's women I know that are going on your show that are up all night the night before getting ready. Sure. And then all of a sudden you just go out there and wing it. But really it's because if you think it through and you get you, you feel good in the difficult conversation, you're actually yeah. to the point now that you're getting really good at it. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. But then there's others that don't have. So to me, there's some hope there that all of us could get really effective at being in those tight, you know, chaotic spaces. Well, it takes practice, doesn't it? Doesn't everything take practice? <sighs> That's what they say. Practice. But have you ever just been too tired to practice? <laughs> I 
have I ever been too tired to yeah, practice? Yeah, I just don't practice anymore. I just well, you know, and that, that's why I have people like Maddie here that just you know she just does her Facebook while I do my show, and then she throws me questions here and there. What she doesn't have, you don't have Maddie's full attentive. <laughs> that is such a lie. Are you kidding? Normally she's napping. Maddie, what's new on Facebook? What's new? I'm not on Facebook. Tell her the truth. I was booking you a person on Monday. That's what I've been doing. She lies. She's working, Matt. She's working hard for the money. She works hard for her money, and she loves her internship down there. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm so glad we love her. Well, Brooke, you did it again. You did another great segment. Well, thank you. I know exactly what I'm going to do, and... Next time I talk to Mark, I'm going to ask him like four questions in a row. I'm going to just yeah, see how he responds. Rocket then, fire him. Next time you talk to Sean, be sure to you know weave in that one little word. Yeah, fiasco. 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 Nothing makes a woman happier. Awesome. Hey, when are we going to be done with this fiasco? Fiasco. Fiasco's over, Brooke. Fiasco. Well done, my friend. Hey, thanks. Good to chat with you. You too. Take care. Again, Brooke Walker. Woo. She's the real deal. We're taking a break. We're going to be wrapping it up. We only have one more segment left. We know that because Maddie's doing her hair. And uh, when we come back, Aaron is going to talk to us. Aaron, the newlywed, will probably have to touch a little bit more on his marriage, his his wedding, and if, you know, she's corrected him. We did find out earlier that she has corrected some of his dress standards. You know, brown does not go with blue, apparently. Gray. No, brown and gray. We're learning all the secrets behind Aaron's new life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Folks, the wrap-up music, which means we have one more segment to try to save this show. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, was that Laying the, down beat the beat right there? <laughs> Aaron, hey, you just sprung a leak. <laughs> he sprung a beat. He sprung, sprung a, a beat. beat. The dude Yo. just sprung a beat. What's the name he gave me? My DJ name, remember? Yeah, what two was weeks it? ago. That was good. A Ron. DJ Fred. D- DJ Ron. DJ Ron. Okay. Hey, um, uh, is it true that your wife? said, look, you can't wear gray and brown. Well, okay, I was kind of threw the clothes on. We had to drive real quick to California. and Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just threw clothes on to drive real quick to California. What was that, yeah. a 12-hour drive? So you it like got forever. dressed. Were you dressed in the dark? Yeah. Well, apparently. Gray, gray and brown. Apparently, okay. I guess gray and brown don't go together. And then yeah. uh, I also sometimes wear, you know, a blue, a different shade of blue with another blue. Like two blue pants, blue sure. shirt. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, you know. And yeah. I don't really think about things like that, but now mm. I'm realizing, yeah, my personal appearance probably is slightly important. Not now you're my, realizing it. I need to. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Welcome to marriage. Yeah. You're going to realize a lot more over the next few years. All right. Hashtag excited. Hashtag now you're realizing it. Oh. Yep. Wait till you figure out uh, your your income's not enough. Mm. That's already knocking on the door right right now. Nah, you, you're making plenty. That's true. You're making exactly what this show should give you. <laughs> that is I don't even know. I don't comfort. Even, do they pay you for this show? I, this is charity, Matt. Tell me about it. <laughs> We've been doing charity. This is the most charitable show you'll ever get. Just the mere fact they let us have a show is very exactly charitable. very it's gracious. Like, it's like a Don. fundraiser. Yep. Hey, um, so you're going to do something, uh, the autocorrect. This is going to be funny. No, this it is, really so, is, I don't relate to this at all okay. because, so this is when people text yeah. 
and then they get an autocorrect on their text because they, they spelled it wrong. I've never had that problem. I have incredible dexterity, and I spell everything perfectly. Okay. Um, you are a robot. Thank you. <laughs> but I hear people have this trouble. Like A lot of times when Maddie will email me or text me, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what? What did she mean by oh. that? Uh, that's, that never happens. Because for me, I've done it before, um, and there's some that are inappropriate, but there's some that are actually just really straight up funny, just because yeah. of the. But no, these are not placement. difficult conversations. This is just difficult. This is conversing this, in a difficult yeah, way. This te- well, some people rely strictly on texting, and this is perfect. I talk to James with about this all the time in dating. If you rely strictly on texting as like your basis of your relationship, it it's hard yeah. in, in multiple levels to really communicate because well, words are lost sometimes right. in this, well, and in finish this aspect. It, finish so James as the PhD of passion. Yeah. He doesn't well, he like can, to rely on texting as the like basis. Do you like texting James if as a basis of a relationship? Of course not. Well, because you, you miss so many things and misunderstandings are so uh, easy. Like the tone. Yeah. And tell him, tell him the other thing. Um, yeah. You want me to tell him? Sure. Tell me. He thinks that uh, texting is is not half as effective as kissing as the foundation of the relationship. Oh. <laughs> he likes kissing to be the foundation. He thinks a lot less is lost in between the lines. Well, you can kiss over text, Matt. You got that little smiley kiss. Yeah, he's talking the real thing. Oh, the real thing. Oh, well. Because he calls yeah, that, that the language sense. of passion. Passion. Mm. We need a, you need like a little bull whip. Yeah. Passion. <laughs> Besitos. Mm. Okay. okay, so give us right. give us some auto corrects. <laughs> okay, these are pretty funny. So I'll kind of switch back and forth. A guy's saying, I'm going to get a sandwich. Be right back. The other person's like, okay, the whole office is complaining because I have tuna in my underwear. And the other person's like, <laughs> um, I can't exactly say I blame them. And he's like, oh my gosh, tuna in my tubberware. Tupperware. So tubberware, underwear, autocorrect fail, yeah. right? Okay. Do you remember that? Do you okay. remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah. When Sean yeah. had tuna in his underwear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's the witch. Oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, okay, keep going. Okay, this is good, too. All right. If you could go on any one TV show, what would it be? The person says, mine would be Survivor. The other person says, I'd go on America's Got Tourette's. <laughs> ah, what? And he's like, oh, I meant talent. <laughs> yeah. America's Got Tourette's. I'd like to see that show. <laughs> Uh, some of the people on this show could that could could not be on the air (laughs) that would be crazy (laughs) America's got Tourette's (laughs) brought to you by ABC let me throw you one more All right, where's granny I thought she was going to be here for Thanksgiving grandma is in the grave what grave what are you saying (laughs) oops sorry garage (laughs) grandma's dead it's like that, oh, there's other sad. ones that are pretty. Yeah, those are kind of the basis of. Them. Give there's, us more. You want these more? Are, these All are right, great. I will dish them out. You know, these. Let me just correct this. Let me make sure I understand. This. These are actual messages sent from Maddie Richards <laughs> to, to you, or to Jane, to any random no. people. Okay. She, I think so she's these, she mass texts people, lies. and these then she Maddie. gets embarrassed because everyone sees them, yeah. and then somebody yeah. needs to pay more attention to their work. It'd actually be kind of fun to have these messed up texts and see what the word they meant to say was. Just yeah. Like grandma's in the grave. What would that be? Well, garage. Yeah, exactly. And okay. so it's like what I, I like the ones where you can see. And sometimes you can. I, they might be making them up, but yeah. some of these are pretty dang. Give funny. us another one. Okay, are you coming coming to my New Year's party? 
Okay, of course, I'll be there. Okay, cool, because I'm going to kill you at midnight. <laughs> okay, and second thought, maybe I won't go. Ha, 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 I meant I'm going to kiss you at midnight. Oh, so I'm going to kill, kill you and your children. <laughs> it's funny. Some of them are funny, but some yeah. of them it's like, oh, my gosh, your grandma died? I'm sorry. That was James, because oh. that's when he lost that last yeah. girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's very sensitive Auto to murder. Fail. So that was learning by experience yeah. that the basis of a relationship shouldn't be killing. It's kissing. Yeah. Yeah. Not killing. Point. Very good. By the way, that came from the passion PhD right there. Yeah. Oh. That's stamp of approval on that Whoosh. one. Whoosh. Give us another one. Okay. Here we go. I had a huge tag sale this weekend and made $450. This other person says, nice. I'm selling my father's organs. Should make a pretty penny. You're selling his organs? What? I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Oh, his organ. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> not his organs. Oh my gosh. So, little S, you know, kind of Who makes, a big, makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. You texting. Loser. You kids sold my organs again? <laughs> make bank. You make me so mad when you sell oh. my organs. Oh, Dad, by the way, I sold your kidney the other day. <laughs> Dad, they brought your kidney back. It doesn't work. <laughs> Oh, that is pathetic. So, well, well done. There's more, but you know, I feel like yeah, you guys get the idea. Is there any personal stories you have, though? Like, I, I can think of maybe... Well, you had that difficult conversation when you broke up with that one girl once. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it, it all was stemmed from when she told me that she had gotten a new puppy. And uh -huh. when I meant I was texting her back and I tried to say, that's cool, but instead... It auto-corrected to that's stupid. Stupid and eat it. <laughs> yeah, so I just sent it. So it's just, that's yeah, that, stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the end of it. it was, yeah, that's why, again, yeah. you ought not have the difficult conversations on the text. You should you should probably yes. talk and kiss. I have one. So one time Matt texted me and asked me Matt to do. Who? Matt, you. Matt Townsend texted me and, and asked me to, I think it was to just find some guests or something. And my phone auto-corrected and was like, you're so lazy. Why don't you just do this yourself? I'm really sick of you expecting me to do slave labor. And I mean, total, yeah. Yeah. total auto-correct. I, I, I just meant to say, okay. And I don't know. Yeah. It just, it kind of, I don't know. My yeah. phone just Is that had what, its own mind. Yeah, I remember that one. Your phone auto-corrected auto okay to an entire, yeah. <laughs> entire actually, paragraph. It, it no, went on. Yeah, it was, it was like the five weirdest pages thing. of it was stuff. The that's very Here's strange. the trick about autocorrect. If you autocorrects to some crazy thing, it's because you've entered it before. <laughs> so it saves it to your dictionary. Well, that if it's actually, some yeah, that nutty word, it's like, whoa, this guy having some weird conversations. That makes conversations. sense with Maddie. Yep. But that's right. Isn't Ooh. that right before Maddie we went to HR for that three-hour meeting? <laughs> no. Well, you mean the meeting where they raised my pay for doing such a good job? That was the one. Yeah, no, not that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we we're talking about I missed about that meeting. <laughs> Dang, they still no, got me at $5 other, an hour. Oh. There's this other autocorrect that I've heard where someone says, your grandma died, LOL. And and the kid's like, are you serious? Why are you laughing? This isn't funny. And the mom goes, oh, does LOL not mean lots of love? I just sent that to all of our relatives. <laughs> My dad thought that. He thought LOL meant lots of love. I don't know if it's a... Uh, it's a I don't want to say old, thing. but yeah. gener no, there we go, generational to be nice. Did yeah. um, did you guys learn how to have a difficult conversation? Oh, yeah. No, but seriously, the one thing I loved. You just used the word but. And seriously. Very good. Perfect. I, the thing I loved that uh, Brooke talked about was uh, the phrase I loved was uh, uh, share in the struggle. I really like that phrase. That's a really good phrase, yeah. especially because you're, you're dating the struggle, yeah, as and, we call her. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you talking about? She's not the struggle. No, no, no. Well, isn't that what you call her? No, before she came in. No, 
Her mouth's wide open. She wants to smack him. Yeah, don't, don't look over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm avoiding any eye contact. No, but it's great just to have that uh, that emotional connection, yeah. you know, to, Share to empathize. I love that. Yeah, it's huge. Sharing the struggle. There's the whip. From the Doctor of Passion. Well done, kids. Another great show. The whip is out. I don't know why. Uh, Maddie's mad. Are you mad? Maddie's happy. She is furious. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. You'll turn into stone. (laughs) She's wonderful. We love her. And uh, thanks for listening, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Tomorrow, more great ideas, more tools for you. As, uh, As we just wrap up the show, I really have just got to give you this quote. The real art of conversation is not only to say the right thing at the right time, but also to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. See, that's where I blew it. Should have read that earlier. Tomorrow, we'll be talking to the author Jack Wayland will be with us and his wife to see what they are doing these days and to talk about inspiration. Again, more tomorrow, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. Remember, keep finding the good in life.